Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. It is Thursday, October 5th. Nailed it. And I'm here with Field Jates. Field, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. We're on our two-person set. A little more intimate vibes over here. Yep. We got a big Thursday night football matchup. And I say that half yeah. seriously because it is a big matchup in the sense that it's the only NFL game on Correct. tonight. And we certainly live for these moments. Uh, but not exactly the most exciting Thursday night football. No, Bears and Commanders isn't mm. really what I would choose if I wanted to have appointment viewing on Thursday night. But you know what? I'll take what I can get. That's right. Football we will season take. And did you know that we are in day two of a 50-day stretch with a football game of college or pro variety on every single night? Seriously? How awesome is that? Yeah. That is incredible. It is incredible. So we are in a great time to be alive right now. These are the moments that we live for. It I'm is. here for this, buddy. All right. Like Field said, we got a Thursday night football preview we're going to get into. Plus, our week five preview part one. We're going to dive into a bunch of the matchups uh, that we're going to not really want to talk about on Friday. Well, we have. We'll, we'll do the uh, the less intriguing ones today. Yes. That's actually a good. I was thinking about this a little bit longer. Fifty straight days of football. Obviously, we are in the beginning portions of October. Do we think it's official that October is the best month of the year for sports? Ooh, there are other contenders for sure, but October you get, you get pro and college football, you get playoff baseball, the start of the basketball and the and the hockey season. Yep. I mean, if you're into college basketball, you start to wet the beak a little bit there as well with some preseason run. It is definitely on the very short list for best month of the year for I sports. Right. I think you're right, Field. I'm I gonna, guess March would also be in the mix. April, May, because you I, have all the playoffs taking place. The beginning of the baseball, playoffs, you've got the, the draft. draft yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still think October is where it's at, though. That, that feels me. like a poll question right there. I don't know if we can create a poll with 12 options. Make it a two-option poll, actually, two Jackson. Is October the best sports month? Yes or no? Yes or no. I think it is. I like it. I think it is, and it's sort of like the gift that keeps on giving because every day you get to wake up and watch another game the mm. next day. There's something that's going on. And speaking of that field, you came in with a little gift that apparently someone had sent to you on the show. How about this? I was over to the uh, I went over to the ESPN Mail Center today, and uh, I haven't been over there in a while. A minute, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had to go drop something off there, and someone said, yeah, there, you got something for you. Check out this little box. Maybe we can take this single shot right here, uh, Brian, our director for the day. All right, for those that and, are listening, uh, let's see. Check this out. So we take this off, off, and yep, the sides fell off, and we have revealed little field. What is that? Check this out. That I don't want to so take cute. him out of the case because I think it might be like a collector's item until you actually remove him from the case. But check this out, little tiny field. Uh, this is from what a little um, suit and everything. Little people. It's the name of the brand is Little People Collectors, and as as uh, the box tells me, it's officially licensed by the NFL and the NFLPA. Shut up. So this is kind of cool. Yeah. Heck so yeah, uh, I don't know exactly when this was sent. I apologize if this was sent months ago and I missed it. What have you been busy? I've no. I've just been negligent <laughs> of checking my mail apparently. Um, um, but yeah, pretty cool. So That's I might really we cool, might man. we have some new art, some new decor for the studio, dude. And look at that hair. That Sweet. hair is on point too. They I know the hair. I was gonna say that. like the best part is the hair. The yeah. hair looks so hair good, looks really and like good. the suit is nicely trim and tailor here. I'm all about it. If so my daughter's going to love this. My dog will probably eat it, but my daughter will love this. Dog, yeah, exactly. You have yeah. to keep it somewhere the dog can't get to. If you're listening to the show, though, definitely check out the YouTube stream just for today so you can see Fields Little People. Or in general, actually, you know what? Just subscribe to YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL. I yes. think something happens when we get to 250K subscribers. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I think something awesome happens. Again, you don't have to watch it on YouTube. If you're the kind of person that listens to this show when you're driving and you're commuting in the morning, 
whatever the circumstances may be. If you're a podcaster, podcasters rule. Yes. If you're a person that likes to sit at uh, home or at work, whatever, and watch the stream, also great. Uh, so if you watch on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. Yep. If you listen to the podcast, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. YouTube. YouTube.com yeah. slash ESPN NFL. We get to 250K subscribers. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to start to think about something awesome that we will do. I'm super into that. All right, Field, let's get into some of this yeah. football here. We got a Thursday night football game. Not a lot Ooh, of big names. 25K. That's where we're at. We yep, only need so 25 25K 000. until something awesome happens. We can make that happen. Yep, let's do it. All right, Thursday Night Football game previews. Game previews. We've had a couple people asking for the game preview drop back. So I know, I missed that, that drop. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this. Bears at Commanders. Let's throw up a full screen of some of the players. A trivia, you if you will, right? Consider playing tonight. Who do you think is the highest scoring player out of both these teams? I mean, it's got, you got to figure like Terry McLaurin, right? Maybe DJ Moore, Brian Robinson. Maybe no. Brian Robinson. Oh, no. It's Justin Fields. I mean, it tells you how much one good game can skew the data, right? And I know that Justin Fields really cratered in week three against the Chiefs, but Justin Fields actually has the most fantasy points of any player on either team playing in the game tonight. That is crazy. The great week four. And then I know it was not pretty in weeks one or two, but it was like 14 and a half and then 14.4 points in back-to-back outings. Not what we saw last year from Justin Fields, but certainly like that's not Joe Burrow. Right. It could be way worse as we have learned so far this regular season. All right. So let's dive into this Bears Commanders game preview. Okay. Brian. Game preview. There we go. It's back. Sweet. All right. So we talked about Justin Fields yesterday. Field, you and I have maybe lower expectations based on where Mike is at because we've seen some different things this season. Where are you at, though, here in week five? Would you start him against the commanders? I've got him as quarterback 12, and I think okay. the reason why, so he's right on the fringe of being a starting quarterback. I think, and factoring in, that not only do you have four teams on a bye this week, but the highest-scoring quarterback in all of fantasy, Justin yep. Herbert, he's on a bye this week. So, you know, there are, it's, it's every player, or sorry, like wherever you see Justin Fields ranked this week, you can, like, effectively move him down one peg relative to where he, <laughs> where he normally is. Yeah. is. I don't think anybody is really starting Baker Mayfield over uh, Justin Fields. They're not no. starting uh, Deshaun Watson. Maybe is Deshaun Watson of, on a buy. Yeah. So, he, so he's sort of like on oh. the, the periphery of whether I think that's, that's, that's a healthy conversation is what I would say. Sure. And then who's the fourth team on a buy that I'm currently forgetting. Uh, Seahawks. 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 Yeah. So I don't think, I think Geno Smith probably behind Justin Fields, Definitely. but anyways, just keep that in mind as you are hearing our ranks throughout the week is that they are sort of artificially inflated or perhaps depressed by the fact that there are four teams on a buy. So here's the good from Justin Fields last week is you hope that after one game, even a game that they lost his confidence skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Moreover, they're not playing. This is not a game against the 49ers this weekend, right? This is a defense that is good, has plenty of talent up front is the commanders, but it's not a dominance like earth shatteringly bad matchup for Justin no. Fields. No, nope. here's the reason why I'm nervous still is that for the first three weeks, it looked really bad. Second of all, last week was great for Justin Fields, and it was all done through the air. Mm-hmm. Barely did a thing on the ground. Any if it had been the opposite way, my confidence would be higher going into this week. Quarterback 12 is where I have him for this week. Do you see it a lot different or no? No, I got him as quarterback 14, and it's about yeah. in line with where you're at. There's a couple of guys that I would rather play in front of him, which yeah. maybe seems crazy. I still like Russell Wilson this week more than I like Justin Fields yeah. after what he did last week. Um, but, I, you know, right now with where... 
with where Fields is at and mm-hmm. how the quarterback position likely played out for you, yeah. with where I have him at 14, he's probably still a starter for me. I'm not going to go out and grab a streamer to play over top of him. Although, if you wanted to, t- well, we'll talk about it. You may already commanders. have a Justin Fields plan, though. You might. Because you were disappointed by how weeks one and two so went. So you went out and grabbed someone already. Yeah, like if you have a Kirk Cousins. CJ Stroud. Yeah, CJ Stroud. Like, those are all names. Cousins I have ahead of Fields in my ranking. Stroud I have behind. As we often relay, though, you know, I defy my rankings on occasion. If you feel like the riskier play this week between Justin Fields and CJ Stroud is Justin Fields and you choose CJ Stroud, I'm not going to bark at you because I have him two or three spots lower in my rankings. Moreover, and I know that I mentioned this previously, and maybe I'm on an island here, so let me know if I am. I hate when I play a player on Thursday night and he does not go off. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I can't stand it. I spend three days just Staring sitting there. The I'm just, it's sorrow. Like I, I'm 25% worse on fantasy football now on Sunday mornings <laughs> after my quarterback or running back or wide receiver busted during a Thursday night game. Well, do you think that from that perspective, mm. can you play DJ Moore here? Because we've been getting volume from D well, I shouldn't say that we've been getting production from DJ Moore, not a ton of volume, but yeah. he's getting used within this bears offense. He is. And I've got him as wide receiver 17, kind of in line with where people have him in the rankings this is a position where you really have to factor in the four teams on a pie all right so just a reminder no Amari cooper yep no keenan allen nope no chris goblin or mike evans yep no dk metcalf or tyler lockett yep and obviously mike williams already out for the year so like you're talking about six or seven wide receivers that we normally have at our disposal that we don't have so this one really gives you some perspective on how much guys are moving up the rankings this week Samuel, excuse me, uh, DJ Moore played really well this past week, and he's still clearly the number one target for the Bears. No Chase Claypool tonight. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been a non-factor for them for the most part, at least as far as those of us who play fantasy are concerned. So yeah, I've got DJ Moore as wide receiver 17 as I swallowed a hiccup right there. Um, No Chase Claypool ever again. Possibly. I'd be surprised if he plays for the Bears again. Yeah, I don't think he'll get cut. I think they'll try to find a trade for him. Um, That's not really going to impact fantasy. Whole lot he wasn't getting used. I was just curious based on some oh, of the news you, that we've you can had. bet your bottom dollar that if he gets traded to like the Chiefs, I will talk myself into something. He might have, of course, or of course. the the Panthers. Like I would talk myself into Chase Claypool because I'm a I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. We talked ourselves into Kadarius Tony. We did. We we do that. We do that stuff so, here in this in this industry. So, anyways, um, I don't think he plays for the Bears though. Yeah, ever again. I think that if there was one person I felt confident starting here this week against the commanders, it definitely would be DJ Moore. He's the bear that I have the most confidence in. Sure. I don't really want to start a running back because I feel like they got three of them field and yeah. I'm just sort of throwing a dart. As to, I realized Khalil Herbert looked nice last week. He did look good. Yeah. I don't a, think that's a talented a, player, a projection of like what you're going to expect week in and week out. Yeah. Forward. I think the good news here is that maybe if there was an offense that the bears defense could very relatively hold in check. I'm not talking about like a 14-10 game tonight, but at least not like, I don't know, 38-30 game tonight. Maybe it's Maybe. the Commanders. Maybe. Because they A, want to run the football, and B, Sam Howell has taken more sacks than any quarterback in the league by far so far this season. Um, so I've got Clear Herbert as running back 28. I feel like my sentiments are the same as yours, is that there's a chance, maybe even a good chance, he ends up leading the Bears running backs in touches. Yep. But Roshan Johnson has continued to see a role. He's been pretty good. And I don't know that the, the, the touchdowns are that are that easy to come by right now for this Bears offense, yeah. which other than last week was really struggling to find the end zone. Yeah, you are totally right there. Let's talk about the commanders because okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Bears have allowed the second most fantasy points to running back. 
Bears have allowed the second most points to quarterback. Mm. Other than that, yeah. Other than that, they're like, you know, pretty okay on defense. So like when I'm looking at these commanders, this isn't a team that you're like, wow, I feel really good about this situation. But Sam Howell, if you wanted to think about him as a potential streamer this week, the matchup at least lends itself to saying you could use him if you needed to. No doubt. I mean, last week, Russell Wilson, their Broncos offense was terrific. Yep. And Russ has been pretty good this year, actually. Like, I think Russ deserves some credit for how well he's played so far this season. Patrick Mahomes, who I know he's the best player on the planet, but Patrick Mahomes has had one Mahomes game this year and three not quite not Mahomes, Mahomes games, yeah. right? I mean, the More first like auto games. Ma- <laughs> I don't know. I was trying. I was close enough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. <laughs> um, that one Mahomes game was against the Bears. So they are definitely a generous matchup. Sam Howe will be streamed by a lot of people, including Adam Schefter against me in the War Room League. Really? Yes, he will be. All right. Um, so if you know if Sam Howell's no, playing you against you, I'm he's done with those. definitely... Okay. You know what? All I'm right. done with those days. Right. I've decided that... You know what, Daniel? I'm done with those done days. Done with those days. Those are, right. You know why? Fantasy football, the, the gods have a lot of ways in which they work, and I don't want to tempt fate there. Well, I um, want to tempt fate to have Terry McLaurin get some usage here against these Bears because there's an opportunity that he could absolutely go off against Oh, Chicago. it's a really good opportunity here. So I've got, uh, so just to give you the ranks here, Howell at 17, McLaurin at 22, uh, and Brian Robinson inside the top 20, 18th for running backs. Here is the only question that I have <clears throat> about the uh, commanders and, and, and playing offense stylistically tonight. And I, I'm not... I'm not counting on this being the case. I all, I do know one thing about NFL head coaches, though, that they're wired differently than we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that your Lions are a good example of this last week. Could the commanders get an early lead? And I'm not talking about a 28 to nothing lead. And then on a short week, coaches are saying, let's just grind this one out yep. and move forward to the next. Could this be a slightly more run-heavy approach tonight than I think a lot of us are suggesting when it's like, Hey, you know, Brian Robinson, sorry, uh, Sam Howell could throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's possible. Yeah. I, but if, if I felt it were more likely I'd have them higher than 17, I just kind of feel like I know how NFL coaches work, Daniel. And I do think there's a chance that if it's like a 14, three game at halftime, the commanders might come out in the second half and be like, let's try to run for 16 straight plays and have a 12 minute drive score a touchdown, and basically put this game on ice by the end of the third quarter. You can do that against this Bears run defense. As a yeah, reminder, can. I'm going to say it again. The second most fantasy points allowed to running backs through four games. <laughs> so if there was an option here, I've got Brian Robinson as running back 13. Yeah. He's absolutely somebody that I think you can start here. And and that narrative, that game plan that you're talking about, is part of why I had him inside my top 15. Because if they get up, they can grind it out against this bad rush defense. And that's, I mean, not that they don't want Sam Howell to throw the football, but if they can limit Sam Howell and the opportunities for mistakes let brian robinson just all those sacks they've taken especially by the way a super old school coach ron rivera and you saw like your team did this last week yes they did your lions team who was moving the ball great in the first half as somebody who was facing off against jared goff i was not loving jared goff's first half performance his first quarter performance specifically yeah and then david montgomery coming off of a thigh injury they had him questionable had 33 carries yes so i i I'm not saying that you can't play Sam Howell as a streaming option. You can because the Bears defense is extremely generous. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the second half this game is moving by fast because the Bears, sorry, the commanders are just running the crap out of the ball. This is the kind of game that I'm going to watch on my iPad from Bedfield so that when I fall asleep, I don't feel bad about it. Which side of this are you taking, though? I might not make it to the end of Thursday Night Football. I'm taking the commanders tonight, Daniel. Um, And I I hope this game is competitive tonight. Uh, I know that there's probably a time 
when your team is struggling as much as the Bears is, that you eventually accept that the best thing for the team is more losses because Mm -hmm. that means that you have a better draft position. I don't get the sense the Bears fans are 100% of the way there yet. So until they're at that point, I don't like seeing teams struggle out of the gates like this. It's a tough watch right now. So I hope this game is competitive. I got the commanders, though, improving to three and two quietly. I am also taking the commanders and field. I want to say basically echo everything that you said, which might sound weird, but like as a Lions fan, I've lived what Bears fans are living right now. Yeah. I don't wish that on anyone. Yeah. Like, we invest ourselves into these teams. We give so much of our emotional energy to, like, being able to be excited. And you, you're so pumped about it. And you talk with your friends all day, every day, up until the season. And then the season gets here. And now you're four weeks into it. And the season feels like it's already over four weeks in. Nobody deserves that. As a fan of just football Bears yeah. fans, I am with you. I don't care if I'm a Lions fan. You guys deserve to have a good team and to have someone that you can go out there and watch and have fun watching. So totally, I hope it gets better for these Bears fans yeah, because this you is don't really want to tough. Go, listen, you don't want to be 1-16, in 0-17. No. Like, you just don't want that. There's just way too much. I mean, it's just embarrassing, obviously. It can impact people's lives dramatically. So yes. um, I would like the Bears to have something to feel good about going forward. I don't know that that happens tonight, though, against the Commanders. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Uh, the right. Commanders' defense, obviously, is very, very appealing. And if you want to get ahead of the curve, because, and you could probably do this again tomorrow if... The Bears uh, offense continues to be as generous as it has been. But we've gotten to the point now where whoever the Bears play is a reasonable defense to stream. They play the Vikings next week. Mm. So if the Bears uh, offense is once again what it has been for much of this season tonight, uh, don't be afraid to throw an add in on the Vikings tomorrow to get ahead of that. Because um, even last week, even last week with the Broncos playing like they did, allowing 28 points, 14 fantasy points on defense, including that defensive touchdown they had on that fumble recovery of Justin Fields. Getting 14 points from your defense can go such a long way. It's a great feeling. I I picked them up in the the war room league at 16 teams. Obviously, it's it's hard to find uh, a tight end or a defense, and you're a lot of streaming options, and I streamed them, and I spent the first half of of that game being like, oh my God, what have I done? I have sabotaged my team. that's not how it worked out. That's why you play it for 60 minutes. Fine, but yeah. yes, but it yeah. was it was very nerve wracking there. The Bears found a way to help out that warm squad, though. All right, Field, we're going to dive into our week five yeah, we preview part one. But first, do you smell that? <laughs> what is it? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football oh, season, yes. Field Yates. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season, a high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. Mike thinks the West Coast is in Ohio. That's fine. That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, DP, the ones fans deserve. Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love it. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, we are diving into our Week 5 Preview Part 1. Fortuno. Yes, and for those that didn't listen to last week's show, first of all, what the heck's the matter with you? (laughs) 
Second of all, <laughs> uh, just a refresher. So what we do is we pick the games that either are like a little less savory, like the week that the Chiefs and the Eagles play. Yes. We're not going to be talking about that one on Thursday. Um, they also play on Monday night, but that's a different part different of the conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, and then games where the injury question marks aren't as substantial Correct. because so much can take place between now. We haven't even gotten the Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon injury reports. Uh, so we have one to work off of so far. Uh, we're doing our best to consolidate to just the games that uh, don't involve as many injuries as the ones that we'll talk about in more depth tomorrow. Absolutely. And that's why we're going to start with Ramondre Stevenson, who in the first practice of the week field was limited he with was. a thigh injury, but still feels like he's going to go here this week. Uh, that's my general sense. I think Ramondre Stevenson will play for the Patriots. We'll monitor it, obviously, and let's discuss it as if... He does play on Sunday for the all Patriots. Right. This week, five part one preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico. See Let's all the ways that you could save. Tell me about Ramondre Field. So Ramondre Stevenson is my RB20 for this week, Daniel. Wow. And that is the theme of today's show in some ways. Guys who are ranked as RB2s who feel like RB3s right yeah. now. Ramondre <laughs> yeah. Stevenson is a tremendous talent. We saw it last year. He was awesome in the passing game. He was a very, very good runner. This year, the passing utilization has been fine. Four targets a game. You're not going to be disappointed with that. No. But the rushing efficiency has totally fallen off a cliff. He is now averaging under three yards per carry. Patriots have had a lot of offensive line injuries that they have been managing early in the season, but I'm not so sure that this is going to get better offensive line-wise against the Saints defense that has kind of kept this team in it in recent weeks when the offense has fallen off a cliff since Derek Carr first got injured. So yep. I've got our uh, Ramondre as RB20, but... It's been a tough go for Ramondre, a guy who I thought had one of the clearest paths to like a consistent fantasy role, a very safe player coming into the season. He has not been safe so far. So Patriots are one and three. They, they just are. haven't looked very good. And everything that you're talking about, I, I totally get. He is running back 29 in yep. fantasy points per game, but he's running back eight in touches. I know. He's getting volume. And, and that's the thing that's so difficult when you're getting that kind of volume that lack of efficiency, you just stare at it and you're like, I'm expecting so much more out of this guy, which it's is tough. RB2s versus RB3s. That feels right? like it's, an RB3. It's, it's RB3s masking as RB2s, or do you consider an RB2s masking as RB? No, I think it's think RB3s it's masking as RB2s. I think so. Because if you have a guy who's in the top 10 in terms of total touches at a position that is difficult to find in a week, and I know that I'm a broken record, but again, no Jerome Ford. Mm hmm. No Rashad White, and then no Austin Eckler, and also, uh, who am I forgetting the last one? Ken Walker. Ken Walker, right? So yeah. you're like, those are four guys that are going to be, you know, certainly at least two of them are must starts when healthy. Absolutely. And Rashad White, and I, th I think both Rashad White and Rashad White and Jerome Ford are started in almost every league as well. So yes. it's been tough. Uh, this Patriots offense does not leave much to be desired. So other than Ramondre, I think the only other player that you are considering for this Patriots offense buckle up is Hunter Henry. How crazy is that? Oh, and I mean, he's been fine, right? Hey, I mean, he's a talented player. I want to say shout out to you because you mentioned this in the preseason when we were getting into draft season. If you wanted to look at a tight end that you could grab, yeah. you mentioned Hunter Henry as someone that you could at least look at. And he's actually worked out for fantasy managers. It's crazy to think about. No, yeah. But he's it's not like, been as bad as some of the other tight ends that we've had higher expectations for. That's what I think about the tight end spot this year is I think so much of how you feel about your player is tied to preseason expectations. Yes. Because when you had high expectations like Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts amongst others, it's like, dude, are you serious right now? This is what I'm getting. Meanwhile, when there are zero expectations for a player, even if he's just okay, yep. and Hunter Henry has been... 
weirdly enough, top two in two weeks. And then two other weeks where he's been meh. But it's like, yeah, that's like, that feels like a major <laughs> win. If for some yeah. reason you punted on the position and grabbed Hunter Henry. Um, so yeah, he's the only other Patriot that I would consider starting this week in fantasy. I got, I have him as tight end 11. This is a gut check week for the Patriots. They um, have a lot of questions right now surrounding their offense's future and uh, one in three for a team that's had the track record of success that they have had. Mm. If they don't find solutions on offense in a hurry, this season will go by the wayside. Um, it just it just is surprising to see them uh, so flat right now offensively, even with the change of coordinator, Bill O'Brien, who there are certainly some things that have been better, but uh, it's a scoring points league, right? And yes, they got to score is. points. And that analysis applies to the other team in this game, Daniel. Yes, it does. The, like the Saints offense on paper does not sound bad. No. No. Right. I mean, Chris Olave is still stud, a lineup block, right? Right. I mean, Alvin Kamara, like those two guys would be the best players in the Patriots offense, right? Absolutely. The offensive line's got a ton of money invested into it. Derek Carr's a good player. And yet this team has just been bad on offense right now. The offensive line has definitely struggled to hold up, but there is sort of, there's still fantasy relevance here. But yes. I just wanted to, like, the theme of this game is like, offense is just doing their job. Like, and I know that sounds ridiculously obvious, but it feels like the obvious thing that the Patriots and Saints have not done is executed. Yes. They have to just freaking execute. And for the Saints, if that means throwing the ball 13 times again to Alvin Kamara, I'll take it. Well, okay, sure, I'll take that. I also In want PPR. the ball to be thrown 13 times to Chris Olave, too. Well, I don't want to forget nice. yes. that he exists yes. within this game, like what felt like happened in week four. Yeah, but I do have Kamara ranked uh, as my RB6 this week because, and I'm, I'm actually higher than consensus. I'm sorry, higher than you by four spots. You've got him as RB10, RB10. so not a dramatic Still shift a there. for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I will contend that Derek Carr last week was impacted by that shoulder. I mean, it was a question mark whether he'd play for multiple weeks, much less last Sunday. Yep. 13 catches for 33 yards. And if I'm not mistaken, just one of those 13 catches was screens. It was dump off city to Alvin Kamara. More of that this week is good for our fantasy points. And I think that uh, Chris Olave, I feel good about him again this week. Like I'm just, he's just way too talented. And uh, I got to figure one extra week for Derek Carr means he's that much more capable of throwing the football down the field. And even if it's not throwing the ball down the field, the saints have to look in the mirror and say, Number 12 is the best player in our offense. That's Chris Olave. How do we get him the football more? No Christian Gonzalez for the Patriots for the rest of the season. No look like a, No Matthew Judon for a long time, if yeah. not the whole season. So um, their two best defensive players, probably their two best players, period, are gone. Uh, this Patriots secondary, a bit more vulnerable than it would have been. I mean, they did a good job against Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown. And yep. I can't remember they played up. Garrett Wilson, like they've kind of neutralized relatively uh, top receivers. That may not be the the case going forward with limited personnel, despite the uh, acquisition, the reacquisition, the homecoming. J.C. Jackson. That's right. Who do you think we'll play this week? Uh, do you think he's going to, who do you, who do you have in this game? We Saints. Have Saints and Patriots. I, ha- I haven't made a pick yet. I think the Saints. I don't I know. The Saints. First one to 20 feels like the win. How about yeah, it that? It doesn't feel good. This is not a game I feel. Might be a defensive touchdown that solves that one. All right, let's talk Panthers and Lions. Panthers 0 and 4. Lions yep. 3 and 1. Lions are 10 so point good favorites. Say, oh, it, it feels yeah. fantastic to say. Yeah. Lineup blocks in this game. Definitely Amon Ross St. Brown, yep. Monty, and probably Sam Laporte at the tight end position with how bad tight end has been. Yeah. Let's talk really quickly, though, about Amon Ross St. Brown. He has been banged up. Wasn't as good as what we had expected last week. He hasn't been getting as many targets yeah. as we saw last year, but he is still a guy, an obvious lineup block and the safety blanket here for Jared Goff. Two things that I think are contributing to that. First of all, 
the Lions are playing with the lead more often. Yes, they are. Right? So, so they're running the, ball. running the ball a ton. I mean, David Montgomery, to that point that we made earlier, ran the ball 33 times last week. Yeah, when you run the ball 33 times, you can't always expect your wide receivers to also get 12 targets Correct. in that game. I also think that there is a bit of an accounting on the defensive side of the ball for Amon Ra. Not that teams can totally blanket a guy in the slot. It's a lot harder to totally take away a slot receiver than it is a perimeter receiver just because there's so much traffic in yep. the middle of the field that like picks and all kinds of different coverage issues what arise. What helps that traffic? What helps? Uh, is there something that could maybe alleviate some of that for the Lions? Um, Jamison Williams. The idea of someone having to be over the top, understanding yeah. you've got that speed. And I realize this is not going to be a thing. We're not starting Jamison Williams this week, but yeah. I am hopeful that he comes to this Lions defense or this Lions offense yeah. and does exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Marquez Valdez Scantling role, right? Like, I know that he's not sexy Sick. at all in fantasy, but the Chiefs, I think, value some of the air yards that he brings to that offense. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, uh, keep an eye on the Amonra uh, injury, but no reason to not be starting Amonra. He's an awesome player, and uh, this is a secondary that has been very depleted by injuries in Carolina. Question really here is Jameer Gibbs. That's right. we're starting David Montgomery. Yeah, you like, feel don't think confident. twice about that one anymore. Yes, he is in right. your starting lineup. Yep. Jameer Gibbs, though, a guy that you drafted probably as your RB2, and mm-hmm. now... He feels more like an RB3 feel. I've not totally slammed the door shut on Jameer Gibbs becoming something. Uh, he uh, Alvin Kamara needed four weeks before he got going as a rookie. Yep. It's possible the playbook opens up a whole lot more for Jameer Gibbs. The difference now, going into week five, as opposed to going into week one, two, three, or even four, is that you have to say to yourself, "Do I am I pot committed to playing him until proven otherwise? I think the answer is no longer. Like, you might well have somebody... Mm-hmm. That could serviceably replace Jameer Gibbs in your lineup this week. Maybe Isaiah Pacheco is your RB3, right? And he's way up higher than that. So um, I have him as RB26 right now. So not a lineup lock. Uh, and we just haven't seen enough. I mean, enough of either, right? Like good, not great passing game production. Okay, not great running game production from Jameer Gibbs. I don't think it is at all tied to talent. Also wouldn't surprise me if this is a game in which your Lions are up big yep. and David Montgomery, once again, is a very, very busy man. They are 10-point favorites, you said? 10-point favorites. 10-point favorites. So if this is a game that's, you know, 27-10 in the third quarter, wouldn't stun me a bit. Call that Monty time. I love the idea of buying low. Check out the score report this week. The idea of buying low on Jameer Gibbs because I think people are freaking out about the fact they used an yeah. early pick on him. And when you get to weeks 12, 13, 14, I think this Lions offense is going to be able to figure out how to use this kid a little bit more. He's not being used that different than what he was at Alabama. He wasn't a 25 touch guy at Alabama either. No, 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 he was not. That's one of those things. You can't come in with this expectation where it's like, we think he's going to do all of these things. He's not B. John Robinson. The Lions didn't draft him to be B. John Robinson. I think the the only part that's hard is that I think the Lions were trying to tell us that he was something that right now he is not. He's not yet. Right? Because they have the 12th pick. They trade back. Then they trade up to get to get to get Gibbs, right? Yep. So you're like, wow, they specifically targeted this player and they spent all offseason telling us how special he was. I think the reminder for us is that a, you know, it's still an imperfect science. We're trying to guess things that are months away. And B, you do make draft picks for the future too, right? Yes, it's not you do. just for this season. The Lions obviously have a lot to be excited about, so it's not like we're going to fault them for using the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs. He could be a big part of their offense going forward. But for now, I feel differently than I did in the first few weeks where it was like, I'm with you. You just got to keep trotting them out there because maybe the big game comes. I think the big game could come, He'll but be- until it does, 
on my he, could bench. Be a, he, he could, I mean, conceivably, I mean, it depends on your roster construction and with bye weeks, but it's not a total, like to me, there are scenarios in which he is not in your starting lineup this week. I get that. Same oh, with Miles Sanders. By the I way. was just going to say that the Lions, one of the things that the Lions defense is the best at is stopping the run. They've allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to running backs They've so far awesome. this year. Yep. Miles Sanders is getting more passing game work, which you do love, but not enough to make me feel super confident against the Lions this week. So um, I don't know in terms of like least watchable offenses right now. There are a handful that are in the mix, but Par- Carolina is part of it, right? Yes. Um, and so you, you are correct. Miles Sanders does have 23 targets. That's good. But besides that, it's very little redemptive qualities for this offense. He's getting a lot of carries, a lot of carries. Problem is if those carries are going for under three yards per attempt, like they are right like now for are. Miles Sanders, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, yep. 15 carries, 15 carries for Miles Sanders right now is like nine carries for Bijan. Yep. So that's the problem with Miles Sanders is that inefficient passing game utilization is good, but the big play upside is very, very tapped. And this team is just not scoring touchdowns right now. It's another one of those situations where he is getting volume, running back 15 in volume, running back 30 in fantasy points wow. per game. And that part of that is just because defenses it feels like they can just key in on Miles Sanders because I mean, who right else now, is going to scare you, right? Exactly, yeah, in that offense. Nobody. So he is the closest thing to a starter for the Panthers in fantasy, but I have him as RB23. Wow. Adam so, Thielen is, I guess, someone that you could still continue to use as a flex play if you need. Old man Adam keeps on coming up and being able to deliver for fantasy teams. So if you need him as a flex play this week, yep. you probably keep using him there. How about this? Yeah, I, sh- I I forgot to mention I'm feeling my bad. That's yeah. okay. Uh, but how so about, old? How could you ever? How forget could you? Him? Well, yeah. the, Mike has dr- like drilled into our heads that old people in fantasy don't matter. I just I'm I know a, I'm a push I'm, back dude, against my, that. My daughter turned 20 months recently, and I asked Chapin. I was like, "Is it She's time? Done. Like, do we need to let her out on the like on her own now? Like, has she grown? <laughs> is she old enough that we should just let her go live her life independently? She's uh, 20 months. Let me ask you a question. This uh-huh. isn't fantasy field. Yeah. If you were a Panthers fan, would yes. you be feeling regret that you didn't draft CJ Stroud over Bryce Young? It's such a great question, Daniel. We we do this overreaction so early. We're only four games in. Like you can't say, oh, Jameer Gibbs is a scrub. I can't believe the Lions wasted a pick. I you know. can't say you this, can't. But, can't. but at the same time, you can't not have that over instant overreaction when you see CJ Stroud just slinging it. This is nothing to do with fantasy. I'm just yep. curious. No, no, no. I think this is, these are, these are, I think these are good conversations that are important to have because they, they may not be like they're fantasy adjacent, even if they're not fantasy direct. Um, I think people who listen, some people that listen to the show know that I did have a cup of coffee working in the world of scouting and I have so much appreciation for the process uh, and the idea, like I'm so mindful of how many players have come around over time, um, how many guys have started hot and then faded away, right? Um, the, my answer right now is no. Like I, I am going to, I don't care. I mean, if CJ Stroud had like 25 passing touchdowns through four games, and Bryce Young had zero touchdowns and 25 interceptions, then we'd have a different I might change my mind a little bit. Sure. That being said, it's just so hard for me to think four games into a season, a season in which the Panthers had very limited resources uh, or have very limited resources to work around Bryce Young that I'm, I'm ready to wave the white flag and say like, it was a mistake. It was an error. I'm not there yet. I was a huge fan of Bryce in the pre-draft process. I'm still a huge fan of Bryce going forward. And frankly, Daniel, and you and I were talking about this and we won't talk about the context that came in, but man, we live in an era where it is like just reactionary, just unbelievable. Like everything has to be so absolute. Yeah. I don't know, man. 
Maybe Bryce Young ends up stinking and CJ Stroud ends up becoming a five-time All-Pro and the Texans look like they got a heist and the Panthers look like they got the Jamarcus Russell 2.0. But I'm not there yet. Like, if, if, it's, if it's a crime for me to want to wait a little bit longer before we actually see what the sort of, like, net result is, I'll take that crime. I'm fine with that. Yeah, anyways, that was a sort of a, a tangent there. But no. Like, I just, I just, I sort of empathize. Like, it's like, if I'm a fan of the Panthers right now, we're 0-4. Like, it sucks. Yes. Like, it sucks. We're 0-4. We don't have a first-round pick next year. And the guy that we had to look forward to, Bryce Young, is not playing at a number one overall pick level very, very early in the season. Meanwhile, the guy who went to, who people were crapping on during the pre-draft process, is balling out. Like, it's not fun right now. Be patient. I don't know. Like, be patient. <laughs> yeah. I, I will always reference this. And I'm not like, at some point, if you're bored, like if you're uh, like at the DMV and you're waiting in line, which yep. is so boring. That's the worst. Go look up, like go find some articles about Devonte Adams after his first or second season in Green Bay. And it was like, this guy might not make the roster the following season. Yeah, I get it. There are plenty of players who are like that, who end up getting cut to not becoming anything. But there are a lot, there are examples of players who turn it around. Devontae Adams is a great example of that. Yeah. Yep. And Bryce Young also. I mean, still so young. That offense doesn't have a ton helping him out there. So I don't want to like bury the kid that early. It's just yeah. one of those instant overreaction things. Especially with living, the idea right? that the yeah. number two overall pick is on pace to throw for 5,000 yards as a rookie, which is, so, that's yeah. part of it. To me, the story is that I'm more excited about the Texans than I am discouraged so, for the yes, Panthers. Yes. That's where we'll land. How about I, that? I'm not yeah. trying to poo-poo on the Panthers at yeah. all. It's just yeah, something yeah. people are talking about. I'm no, I think you and I see it the same way. I just wish that more people would have like a little patience in their life. It's okay to like maybe give a 22 year old, like more than four games to decide <laughs> to whether decide, he's awesome or that's not. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, let's talk about these Texans and these. All right. Falcons. Yeah. Now people are like, get back to the fantasy. I got CJ Stroud as a streamer this week as I had him yeah. as a streamer all of the last week field. The real question for me is more around Damian Pierce. We talked about this leading into the show. Yeah. You and I did like their offensive line has been really banged up. Yep. They are getting healthier, but, they're getting healthier, but not always in like the most efficient way. Yeah. So Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle, sounds like he's getting back to close to 100%. Titus Howard, the right tackle, he's off of IR. Sounds like he might move to guard okay. because they've had so many players get shifted around because of injuries. They traded for Josh Jones, who is a left tackle for Arizona, who might now be the Texans' right tackle going forward. And then at center, they just not just put, but they have so, Juice Scruggs. Yeah, that Juice is, Scruggs is, a, is eligible to come off of IR. I don't believe he has yet. He's their second round pick. Meanwhile, Kendrick Green got placed on IR. Kenyon Green, their first round pick last year, also been placed on IR. Sounds like both of those guys are going to miss the rest of this season. They are doing some miracle work right now in Houston. Is Charlie Heck still the offensive line coach? I'm sure some Texans fans Heck if I know. Uh, his son, I believe, uh, played for the Chiefs. So, um, yeah. Does that mean that maybe better days are ahead? Like right now with Damian Pierce, like you're playing behind a backup offensive line and your quarterback is out there slinging it. Is there a chance that you you get more out of Damian Pierce or does this sort of feel like we're going to land with him as like a guy you hoped was going to be an RB2? But it's probably an RB3. It might get a little better. It might get a little better, but not decidedly better. And stop me if you've heard this before on this exact podcast. Tons of volume, terrible efficiency. Yeah. And RB2 masking is an RB, whatever we decided it was. An RB3 masking Masking is an RB2, right? I mean, under three yards per carry. He's a great player. Yeah, he is. He's super talented, but he just can't get any movement up front. And it's not his job to get the movement. It's the offensive line. And I don't blame them. Like if you're on like your 
sixth, seventh, and eighth offensive linemen, given how bad offensive line play is around the NFL, I'm here to tell you, most teams, sixth, seventh, and eighth overall offensive linemen are not good enough to be starting. Texans are learning that reality right now. I'm a fan of Damian Pierce, fan of what they're doing, but I've got him as RB25. I'll tell you what, the chemistry that comes along with yep. five guys trying to pass block and run block, and then you just put one other person in there. Like, And I'm not an offensive lineman. We need yeah. Damian Woody in here for this. Yeah. Yeah. But, again? but that chemistry is absolutely a thing that when you just replace one guy, all of a sudden things are different. I yeah. mean, you, you play as a unit. These offensive lines play as a unit. They know where everyone's going to be, and that's a big part of this. So yeah. I still love both of these wide receivers, though, this week, in yeah. spite of everything. Nico Collins was fantastic great. last week. I still think you can start Tank Dell as a Ooh. flex this week. Trivia for you. Okay. This is a good one. Um, where do you think Nico Collins ranks in terms of catches of at least 20 yards this year? Boy, I don't know if it's high or low. I'm going to say he's f- 15th. Okay. Second. Second. That's right. Second. He's averaging 19.7 yards per catch. Only Justin Jefferson with 13 has more than Nico Collins 10. He's a big play waiting to happen right now. It's awesome. I love it. So I've got him inside my top 20. Again, probably a bit inflated because of all the players on by. Sure. But I've got him as wide receiver 18. I have Tank Dell as wide receiver 30. Yep. 32 32 total targets for Nico Collins this year. 24 for Tank Dell. So he has the clear targets edge as well. Uh, But both players right there on the radar for this week. Very much so with the way the CJ Stroud is playing. Yeah, I love both of them there this week. I think the the only one that kind of bums me out is old man Robert Woods. He's also getting volume in that offense, but he's just not as exciting as Nico Collins. He's doing the dirty Dell. work, he, That's what it is. We've had a very, like, dirty work podcast so far, talking about offensive line play and wide receivers blocking and, you know, would you should you be patient on running backs? Shout and, out and to Norm McDonald. Rest in peace. One of the oh, greatest. God, dirty work. Best. It's a great yeah, one, man. Great All right. One. Let's talk about the Falcons. There's only one guy that I really care about on this Falcons team, and it's B. John Robinson yeah. Field. RB2. All the way around. Yep. He's the one thing that makes it worth watching. So start of him. He's yep. great. I hope for more. Um, I, I Again, we did a redraft yesterday. He was my second running back, uh, third running back off the board. Uh, absolutely love you, B. John Robinson. Thank you for um, being everything we could have ever asked for. And more on a per-touch basis. I just want even a little bit more work for you. Yeah, I would love to get a little bit more passing game work. I'd love to get a little bit more rushing game work. I just yeah. want to give him the ball all the time because I don't want it to really be in the hands of Kyle Pitts or Drake London. Do you think we should talk about Kyle Pitts, though, anymore? Like truly, like have, at some point, See like Bruno. there are players that we don't talk about anymore because it's like, no, you're not starting them. Yeah. Right. Like, we start that now. I'm not starting Kyle Pitts. I have dropped Kyle Pitts yeah. in two leagues. Yeah. I have benched him in like six other leagues. I haven't gone so far as to drop him, but there are, there are definitely situations. And I don't think I'm starting him anywhere here in week five. Yeah. I pulled him in every single league that I have. Yeah. So at that point, he is a bench tight end for me, and I don't know when that's going to change until I start seeing different production. Got him as tight end 19. I have Jonu Smith ranked ahead of him. Me too! Jonu Smith, his teammate, of course, who has been very busy for the Falcons over the past three weeks specifically. So You know yeah. who I have ranked ahead of him? Basically every other tight end. I know, I know. Like, that's sort crazy. of where we're at. Tight and end I'm not- 19. And you, you and I are way behind consensus. Consensus is tight end 13. Bunch of dummies. Here's the thing. is there is good. There are some good metrics for Kyle Pitts. Over five targets per game. It's not great. It's good. Okay. 11 catches on 21 targets. It feels like the type of throws that Kyle Pitts is uh, the intended target of are just too high variance for it to be consistent anymore. It's so frustrating. Um, If you play in a dynasty league and he's available, I'd make a low ball offer right now. Absolutely. And what you're doing that for is for the hope. He's like the Trey Lance of tight ends that like maybe Trey Lance in two years is starting for somebody else. Oh, not the Cowboys. 
but somebody else, and you're like, yeah, I could talk myself into an athletic freak. I can maybe, maybe two years that. from now, Kyle Pitts is on a different team. That would be sweet. I hope One that so. actually throws the. Football. What about Drake London? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not starting Drake London either. That's no another mind. situation. Like, right now in this Falcons offense, the only player I'm starting is Bijan because he's running. Desmond Ritter not throwing the ball enough. Correct. Quarterback 28 in pass attempts per game. They don't want to throw the football. So what's the upside for Drake London? I'll tell you what it is. He accident. I don't want to say accidentally. He luckily catches a ball yeah. that's in the, in the painted area. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and he's not even playing in London like last week. Right. So the chances of the Falcons try to force feed him are lower. Are much lower. That's tough. Remember that week one Tyler Algier explosion? Uh, I do. And we were all like, oh, man, this might be able to be a two-headed committee. Yeah. And we're going to see a bunch of that. It doesn't really feel like that anymore. i 31 for me this week. So he's a good player. I just don't know that you can count on a player who needs probably between 14 and 18 carries because he's going to have a very, very small workload as a receiver uh, and a touchdown to pay off. He's going to be one of those guys that will be sat on benches, and he's going to have two vulture touchdowns from the goal line, and the people that did start him, like, you're going to be thrilled, and the people that didn't, you're going to be like, why the heck are we giving the ball to Tyler Algier? I wonder if there will be a single week, one week the entire season. B. John Robinson finishes a top 10 running back. Kyle Pitts finishes a top 10 tight end. And Drake London finishes a top 20 wide receiver in the same week. Once the entire season. That'll be amazing. Be amazing. What happened once the entire season? All right. We're going to move on. Talk one more game. Jets at Broncos, but first field, Yates. I got a quote that came in just now. Okay. Read it to me. Is in it like his first public quote? comment since June, Colts oh. running back Jonathan Taylor, this is from Adam Schefter, told reporters, it feels really good to be healthy. The main goal was to be healthy and play football. That's it. Okay. Doesn't really give us a whole lot. Didn't take any shots at the Colts. Yep. I mean, I don't think that that was a good idea for him to yep. do that. That's he's saying the things that he needs to say. But I don't really know what that's going to mean for me as far as playing him on like here in week five, here in week six. I'm going to need to get some more and understand like what they plan on using him for. Okay, here's the silver lining for Jonathan Taylor and those who man who have him on their roster right now. You know, on Sunday mornings, Adam Schefter has not just injury reports, not even Sunday mornings. Saturday like, it night. starts at like Saturday at like 1115 and all it these, goes at like yeah. you know, 147, 229, 358. Does he like, schedule those tweets or is he just awake all night long? He has told me in the past that he has like significant issues sleeping on Saturday night because of how like revved up he is for Sunday. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Is it like one of those Einstein? He gets like 15 minute naps in between yes, like all of his it. things. Uh, but I bet on Sunday morning, there will be multiple reports about Jonathan Taylor's sort of next steps. That's what I'm hoping for, because I do think it's too big of a story. And what he said right there, Daniel, stop short of the most important part. Yep. I'm going to play. I'm going to play on Sunday. So I, I still think, still really believe that. And this is a little bit of like uh, following Adam Schefter's lead until he has a new deal or until he's traded. Jonathan Taylor is not a certainty to be on the field for the Colts or anybody else. Anyone. Yep. All right. Let's talk last one. Jets at Broncos. These Broncos are bad field on defense. They are. They are not good basically anywhere. And we got word from the coach that Brees Hall is not going to have a pitch count. It looks like they are going to let him go. What does that mean Finally. for you as a fantasy manager? Does that mean, hey, especially against this Broncos defense and on with four teams on a bye, yeah. I'm putting Brees Hall in my lineup, and I am feeling good about it. Yeah. So I play the the worst team that I have right now. It's like a bad. It's a problem. Not a good team. Like it's. Did, no, I I don't. I didn't think you it was with Mike Clay. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, it's a keeper salary cap league. Okay. And um, I went with the strategy 
of I've been sort of like mining for like very young players. Um, I also uh, felt very strongly about trying this out this year inch deep mile wide like not like of the $200 budget I have I think my most expensive player is like 21 bucks wow okay going young don't like that answer Daniel no (laughs) don't like it at all is what I found so I tried something different and I realized that I am not going to try that again Brees Hall is my is my probably one of my better keepers. Obviously, very young. And got him they, cheaper you know, because of the injury. Yep. Um, I actually got him last year in this league. Oh, okay. That so I got him cheap. Okay. Um, the, the core of my team right now is he, Anthony Richardson, and Calvin Ridley for one dollar, who I got last year as well. The team's not good though, so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag here, people. No, no, no yep. Um, because of that, because of that team and how it's gone so far this year, what I'm fearful of is that Robert Salas says like, no more restrictions on Brees Hall. And then he goes from like, you know, 15 opportunities on Sunday to like 16. But more seriously, like for those that aren't me, that like if I were managing, giving, giving advice to them is that like it's time now is that this Jets team, I really do. I really believe this. I truly 100% believe this. Yep. The Jets feel like a win on Sunday gets their season back on track. They got some momentum going even in a loss against the Chiefs. Their quarterback has some confidence and all of a sudden the Jets feel like if they win on Sunday, the schedule softens up a bit. Maybe we can get back in this with a great defense and just like, you know, competent quarterback play, more competent play from Zach Wilson. What does that mean for fantasy? It means that that. I think Brees Hall, those are not just words. I think those actions will reflect. I think the actions will reflect those words. Wouldn't surprise me if this starts to become Brees Hall as like the, you know, 20 to 25 touch per game player. And this sounds crazy right now. Would not stun me. Stun me. If Dalvin Cook at some point is a healthy scratch. Wow. Not now, but if at some point he's a healthy scratch, wouldn't surprise me. If we get there. Wow. Yeah, Brees Hall's dominating the touches. Michael Carter's the third down back. He's a heart and soul of that team too. Heart and soul, baby. Yeah. Um, so yes, I have Brees Hall inside my, uh, he's running back 24 for me. That was pre solid comments. They might go up a couple spots, but not like I'm putting him like RB 12 or something. But if there's ever a week for Brees Hall to mash, this is the week. This is the week because yep. they play the Denver Broncos who have given up 175.8 fantasy points to running back the most yeah. in the NFL. Yep. Uh, I saw one more quote, by the way, from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he was asked if he wants to be a Colt. His response, I'm here right now. Well, Okay. Anyways, yeah. So let's go back to the Jets. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, those things are good, right? Hey, Field, let me ask you a real quick question. Okay. How many teams have given up more fantasy points to wide receivers than the Denver Broncos? Three. Oh, that's actually not too bad. There's actually eight. Eight. They are actually bottom. Yeah, they're, they're bottom nine in fantasy points to wide receivers. They've given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've given up the most fantasy points to running backs. They are bottom 10 to wide receivers, and they are one of the best teams ever against Titans in fantasy. I don't, Hilarious, right? I don't get it. Who have they played is the question. That is, the isn't question. it just like completely illogical because the wait, didn't Cole Komet go off last week against the Broncos though? He did, right? Oh, I lied to you field. I, I'm looking at this wrong. Ever? You're right. One, two, three, four. They are bottom seven against the Titans. Okay. So they're bottom 10 against every single position in the yeah. NFL and giving up fantasy points. So would you have ever thought that a team with a first team, all pro cornerback last year mm. and Patrick Sertan, the second could be that bad. 
No. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a, he rules. I'm just stunned that they could be this bad. I thought this defense would be capable enough because of some of the pieces they have in place. It means good things for Garrett Wilson, though. I've got him as wide receiver seven this week because the matchup has just been so good. Too good. Multiply that by the confidence that I do think Zach Wilson gained this past week. Yes. Yeah. Feeling better. The target volume has been pretty steady for Garrett Wilson. Let's keep that rolling into week five. Phil, would you start Zach Wilson this week? Against I would not. Oh, okay. I, I mean, right. it's he's probably going to be started in some leagues. Definitely in two quarterback leagues absolutely but God, it's scary to think about starting zach wilson you are really rolling the dice if you decide yeah. to do that i mean this mm-hmm. is one of those matchup ones yeah. where it's like if it, if it fits yep. i don't know yeah that's hard for me though um all right let's talk about the other side of this game because for the broncos it's really tough for me to feel super confident in any of these running backs yeah javante like, williams did not practice yesterday mike has now zeroed out his projection on espn.com we'll adjust that obviously if we get a different sentiment on whether he'll play or not does that give you big fuzzy feelings about Samaji P. Ryan or Jaleel McLaughlin? It does not. I mean, even if Javante Williams does play, I don't have warm and fuzzy feelings about no. him. I've got him as like a flex option. Uh, if he sits, I think it's probably, it's it's clearly going to be those two guys. It's going to be Samaje P. Ryan and Jaleel McLaughlin, unless there's like a former saint who's available for the Broncos to sign right now. There's got to be one out there. Like, could they lure Mark Ingram out of retirement and TV to give him 10 snaps on Sunday? They probably could. They probably could. Uh, those checks are nice. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I just don't feel great about any Broncos uh, running back because I think there's going to be either a three-man split if Javante plays. And I, if I had to choose, when Javante, if Javante sits, give me Jaleel McLaughlin because the big play upside is legitimate and there. But um, yeah, I think this game is one. If the Broncos win on Sunday, I think it's because the passing offense can do enough against what is a very, very good Jets secondary. Absolutely. Jerry Judy comes in as wide receiver 31. Cortland Sutton is wide receiver 32 in our yeah. consensus rankings. Again, so reflective of you know Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, who's in concussion protocol right now. The Jets said yesterday they feel good about where he's at. So we'll see whether he plays. But uh, if he does not, it helps the wide receivers a little bit in Denver. Fields, I'm trying to get better with names. Is it McLaughlin or McLaughlin? McLaughlin. Like you can, you, know, you can say that different ways. You know what I mean? Ooh. I got to figure Ooh. this out. I don't know. Is it like Sarah? Like Sarah McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Great. She was legendary. She is, is legendary, legendary, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Let's say um, is legendary. That's a good question. I don't know. All right. I have to, uh, I'll have to look it up. We'll have to fact check. You that know what? One. I'm going to talk to not cool. Keith, not cool. Keith knows. Everyone's definitely name know. He's like, well, it's actually McLaughlin. He grew yeah. up in uh, the <laughs> yeah, West exactly. side of Cleveland and he went to high school with three other people. He also, Keith knows everything about everybody. He really Keith does. probably had McLaughlin. Lynn Flynn <laughs> Jaleel on several fantasy teams before we even knew who he was. He probably did. Yeah. All right. Let's get into a couple of questions from the mailbag. While mailbag. we close this one out. Yeah. This one comes from Tyson. Okay. Tyson says, I have both Tua and Anthony Richardson. I'm thinking about <laughs> trading one of them. I'm in a four point per passing touchdown, 12 team league. Who do you think I should trade Tua or Anthony Richardson field Jates? I crazy, got some thoughts. What do you crazy have as this sounds? The answer is Tua. Yes, I'm with you. I know. And uh, Richardson is second right now in quarterback points per game, trailing only Justin Herbert. That includes a game in which he left in the beginning of the second quarter. Now, he has missed a game, so there's a bit more like it's weird that in the context of a conversation involving Tua, we're saying the other quarterback appears a bit more injury prone right now because for some reason we spent all this time, you know, we, it's, we spent too much time this offseason discussing whether Tua can stay healthy. Yes. Too much time. Um he, he, he can. He got unlucky last year. Yep. Um, but I think that these are really, I mean, they're both excellent options. But what we have seen with Tua that we have not seen with Richardson yet is that with Tua, the matchup can dictate the output a bit more than with Richardson because obviously one of them is a runner and one of them is a complete zero as a runner. Totally with you. I'm yeah. 100% on the same page if I yeah. was going to grab one of these. Here's what I would do, though. I'm going to start trying to move Tua. 
seeing what it is that I can get for him. And then if I don't feel like I'm getting a value, it's like, all right, well, if you want Anthony Richardson, I'm going to need substantially more. Totally. And at that point, then you're trying to figure out which one is best for your roster Dude, construction. I've got, but. Uh, I've, I think I've, I've mentioned this before. I've got uh, Richardson on teams with both Patrick Mahomes yep. and Justin Herbert. Yep. What do you do there? Like, I, I mean, the answer is whatever you do is fine, right? Because if you trade any of those players, you should get a big package in return. But I think name value will still get you a bigger package for Herbert or Mahomes than it would over Anthony Richardson. Yep. Do you take that name value and potentially ride it out with Anthony Richardson? My, I think I'm going to end up leaning towards just like if I make a trade in either of those leagues, I will keep the vet over the rookie, not because he's not exceptional, but I don't know. Maybe it's just like, maybe I'm old man here, but like I keeping Patrick Mahomes is like a hard thing to exactly. Do. Just like, just do it. You well, know? that's one of those things that's really tough. I'm with you because if there, you might be able to get way more yeah. for Patrick Mahomes. If someone is like, I am willing to do that. But then there is a little bit of that risk that you're talking about with Anthony Richardson. Richardson so. was traded in our fantasy focus show league yesterday. Let me pull was this he up. Really? He was, he was, he was, he was traded for, I got the trader here, Liz Loza and Griffey, my cousin Griffey. Oh yeah. Executed the trade. It was, you ready for this one? Yep. Liz Loza acquired Anthony Richardson and Tank Dell for Griffey Cakes Chris, uh, to, and sent Chris Olave to Griffey Cakes. Oh, so basically you're turning Tank Dell, who was your wide receiver, and yep. a backup quarterback into Chris Olave for your starting lineup. I think that's a totally reasonable that trade. That makes a ton for of sense for both sides. sides. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's take a look at Griffey Cakes, who he has that's uh, a really good to play quarterback now. He still has Jalen Hurts. So he's like, I, I got Jalen Hurts. What's the deal here, right? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Liz was previously trotting out Daniel Jones. Um, and Russell Wilson. So that makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. I think that helps both teams. Everyone gets better there. That's what you want to when you're you're offering trades is like, Hey, this will not only help me, but it will help you as well. And here's the reason why big fan of making trades that are actually reasonable and not trying to just win the trade. I'm totally with you. All right. Another question here. This one comes from William Clausen wants to know the G men look terrible. Mm. Their line can't block anyone. Waller is my tight end. And I have Daniel Jones to fill in for Justin Herbert. Do I pivot to guys like Stafford or Howell or Dobbs and or and a different tight end, Ertz or Ferguson or Hertz in a non-PPR, non-PPR, six point per passing touchdown league? That's a lot of options to try and move because you're not happy with your quarterback or yeah. your tight end right now. Uh, here's the part that I fear for uh, William uh, is that as far as the tight ends are concerned, it's not like the pivot from Darren Waller in a non-PPR league to Zach Ertz, Jake Ferguson or Hayden Hurst represents a whole bunch more upside. Right. So I'd keep Darren Waller. Waller. Yep. Uh, for the six-point passing touchdown league, I would be comfortable pivoting for this week. Me too. To Sam Howell or Josh Dobbs. Or Josh Dobbs. I would I would pick Josh Dobbs first, then Sam Howell, yeah, and go from there. Because it offsets, and this applies to Josh Dobbs as well, but obviously Daniel Jones' rushing touchdown propensity is neutralized a bit because... Uh, because obviously you'd be getting like, you know, in a six point passing touchdown league, whether you throw or run okay. for a touchdown, you're yep. still getting those six points. So yeah, um, that's a tough one though. Dude, my, my biggest piece of advice is just like um, close your eyes for much of Sunday or don't open up the app and then just check on Tuesday how you did and then be excited that Justin Herbert is back. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm. Why is Darren Waller different than Kyle Pitts? Um. I don't know. I mean, we're in a spot where we invested in a guy, right? That's supposed to ask me the impossible question. I know. Well, and this isn't just for you, but I'm, I've been thinking about this. Like, this yeah. has been really tough for me because Darren Waller, I don't want to move on from. Darren Waller, Let's I think, see. is too talented. And part of that is because in that offense, if Daniel Jones is going to lock onto one guy, I still think it's going to be Darren Waller sooner rather than later. He's got to be a part of this passing game. Hmm. 
But it has been frustrating, and I have gotten tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet now, mm-hmm. not just about Kyle Pitts, but like, what am I doing with Darren Waller? Can mm-hmm. I drop Darren Waller? Do I bench Darren Waller? I keep saying no. Yeah. But there is a part of me that feels like we're getting to the point where I'm going to have to start thinking about if Darren Waller doesn't start to see some of the stuff that I want, that it is going to put us in that situation. But the problem is the tight end position is just so thin field. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm looking through this right now and I'm trying to figure out the answer. I think the answer is this, is that like Waller has had one reasonable game. One. He had 13.6 fantasy points back in week two. Um, Kyle Pitts has not yet reached 10 fantasy points. Kyle Pitts has exactly two catches in three of his four games. Darren Waller has exactly three catches in three of his four games. Uh, So basically, yeah, they're the same player. Right now, it feels like they're the same player. I'm still holding stronger, though, on Darren Waller than I am on Kyle Pitts. I don't like these conversations. I don't like holding strong on either of those guys. I understand. I'm just saying. This is where we're at. This is what's so frustrating. Yeah, it stinks. Darren Waller at least has 23 targets on the season. So that's 21. It's not that different. Oh my gosh, you're right. Okay. Last one here? Whatever, last one. Tank Dell. Am I, this one comes from Angel Rodriguez. Am I crazy for consistently considering Tank Dell over Garrett Wilson in a half point PPR 12 team league? Thank you very much. First of all, is this the MLB umpire, Angel Rodriguez? I Uh, believe that's a famous, notable MLB umpire. Really? Uh, Yes. Although I feel like the only umpires you know in MLB are ones that make bad calls. That was Angel Hernandez you're thinking of. Angel Hernandez. He was the guy that blew the Galarraga perfect game in Detroit. Sorry to bring that up. I remember that game. Yeah. I was watching that. I was so mad back then. I'm still mad about it. I'm oh not, even a, my I'm not gosh. even a Tigers fan. Wow. Um, I think it's not totally crazy, uh, Angel, but I would start Garrett Wilson this week over Tank Dell. I, w- I would too. Yeah. Here's the thing. At this point, I still like Tank Dell. I want to find ways yeah, to get him into my lineup, yeah. but but I can't play him over Garrett Wilson. By the way, if you have Tank Dell over Garrett Wilson, like you must have a really good number one wide receiver as well. Ooh, because who are you starting at your number two if you're like, I'm not going to start Tank Dell because it's between this guy and this guy. team league too. Yeah. I'm impressed. Puka Nakua maybe? Yeah, that could be I'll it. tell you what. The people that have worked the waiver wire this year have been so rewarded with Puka and Kyron Williams and Anthony Richardson. So many guys that, mm-hmm. that you could have just grabbed and have done amazing things for your team. Yep. So, all right. That's going to do it for us today. Full Field. preview on Friday. That's right. We'll be back with even more. Um, oh, we got one more thing we asked a poll oh we said hey we have it right now is october the best sports months of the year yes at fantasy focus on the twitter yep 76.2 percent said yes 23.8 percent said no i don't think those people like sports um those people yeah they might be college basketball fans is that what it is uh, if Angel Hernandez, uh, his family is out there listening to this podcast, I gravely apologize. It was Jim Joyce who blew the Colorado game. Oh, Jim so, my Joyce. Bad. Okay. Uh, my apologies. Uh, I do feel like uh, MLB umps are typically more well-known when they don't make good calls, so I take that back. My apologies there. But, um, okay, I'm getting confirmation, though, that Angel is often uh, the recipient of some criticism. So I wasn't totally okay, out of line okay. expecting him uh, to have his moments. Uh, that's so good. Anyways, we're having the show like this now. Yeah, that's really go. fun. All right, Friday we it love is. you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Week four, pre- week five preview part one today. We Little will be people, back tomorrow collector. with Stefania and Mike Clay doing our week five preview part two. Make sure you check out us. Check us out on Twitter at Field Jason at Daniel Dopp. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. ESPN.com slash. No, no, I'm sorry. YouTube.com slash ESPN. ESPN NFL. Yes, let's do that. Uh, we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Have fun watching Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Well, by fun, I mean, like, make sure you have something have else some that fun. you're doing yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah.
no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.